This is Tell Me What to Read, the podcast from booktopia.com.au. I'm Mark Harding, and today I am chatting with some of my fellow booktopians about the books that they're reading. Uh, please welcome to the show Sam Joyce, Shinu Prasad, and Hannah Armstrong. Hello. Hi, Mark. Hi. Uh, so, Hannah, let's start with you. What are you reading at the moment, and what are you enjoying or not enjoying about it? Okay. All right. Um, so I have been reading a lot of really good books lately. Um, but the two I'm going to talk about today, the first one is one that probably everyone has already read. And I feel like I'm probably like the last person in the world, um, to actually read it, but it's the midnight library by Matt Haig. So this one is, um, very, very popular. It's been one of our like big bestsellers in the last couple of years. Um, and I picked it up. It's about like a woman named Nora Seed who lives in this tiny English town. And she basically has this like life that's full of regrets. So she is like regretting that she, you know, never ran away with her ex-boyfriend to like open up a little pub. And she never became like a big singer in a big band with her brother. And she never like went to Antarctica to like research climate change, like all of these things. Um, and it's, she's like at the beginning of the book, she's like at this stage in her life where she is like very depressed and she decides that like, she doesn't want to be alive anymore. Um, so she tries to commit suicide. Um, and instead of what happens is after it, after she does this, she wakes up in this place um, called the midnight library. And there is a librarian there who is like the librarian that was at her school when she was like in like primary school. Um, and the librarian, Mrs. Elm, tells her that, like, you know, this is the Midnight Library. All of these books are all the different lives that, like, lives that you could have lived. Um, so if you pick up a book and you start reading, then you can kind of explore all these different lives that, like, all the regrets that you have in your life, you can redo them and you can find a life that you're going to be happy in. So the whole book is her, like, trying out all these different lives and all these different people that she could have been. She becomes like an Olympic swimmer. She becomes like a big rock star and she becomes like, yeah, like a researcher in Antarctica. And like, she lives on a vineyard. She finds like this like beautiful family with like a little daughter and like a loving husband. Um, and not to like, I don't want to like go too far into it and like spoil the book, but essentially it's all just about how like, you know, we all have these like regrets in our lives, but you, you never know, like you can't regret every single choice that you make because you don't know like what that choice is going to lead, like what path it's going to lead you down because everybody has regrets. And like, if you, if you regret like, oh, I wish I had like done that gap year or whatever, that might not have turned out any good either. So you kind of have to like make the most of the life that you're in now. So Matt Haig is obviously like a very popular nonfiction author and he's done like a lot of kind of like, like personal development, self-helpy kind of books that are like really inspiring. Um, and this is one of his like fiction books that I, the first one I've picked up by him. And I just feel like he has this really beautiful way of writing and like, I really, really enjoyed it. And it did kind of make me feel like very inspired to kind of like, stop thinking, you know, stop like living in the past and just like live in the present and like you only have today and all that kind of stuff. So that's that one. Thank you, Hannah. I, I think it's really great that you've actually um, talked about that one because I, I don't know about others, but for me, The Midnight Library has been one of those books that I have seen everywhere. 
uh, and everybody has been talking about it, but I actually didn't know what it was about <laughs> until now. Um, well, there you go. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's one of those books that's like out there in the zeitgeist that is just kind of an assumed quantity for me, and I didn't actually know what the story was. Uh, so yeah, thank you for thank you for illustrating that for for me and for others who might be in the same boat. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. <clears throat> Um, what's the what's the second book that you wanted to talk about today? So the second book is one that I only read I read last night actually, um, and it's Wild Place by Christian White. So Christian White, this is his third book, um, and I've read his two other books as well. Um, and he's just like this he's a crime thriller writer. Um, and in this book, it's about like it's set in 1989, and it's kind of in this like very small suburban um, like town in no sorry so it's a suburb in melbourne 1989 so there's a like a high school teacher named tom and he's very typical like suburban dad he has this perfect little family he lives on this very quiet street with like all of these like um quirky characters um and the the novel kind of kicks off when a local high school student tracy um goes missing and this kind of like as you can imagine kind of interrupts their like perfect little suburban bubble and her parents are distraught and convinced that she has been abducted um and the police the like these like small town police are like no, no no she's just a runaway which is pretty typical of like that time like when kids when teenagers went missing you just kind of assume that they had run away because her parents had just gotten divorced um, so Tom, who is, who actually taught Tracy in the, her last year of schooling, like kind of takes it upon himself to like investigate the disappearance. Um, and he kind of is very suspicious of his neighbor, who is this teenage boy named Sean. And he's very into like Motley Crue. He has a tattoo of a pentagram. He like wears eyeliner and like, <laughs> he's like, this whole thing is about like this like satanic panic that kind of came up in the 80s and 90s especially in like small town suburbia um so he's done absolutely nothing but they they just think because he's like such a creep and he's the only one who's a little different um that he must have something behind it so they like he must be behind it so they think that he has like done this like devil you know worship sacrifice it's very like i'm i'm very into like I know it's like kind of a, a thing in society now that we're very into like 80s and 90s nostalgia and I'm like very firmly like pro that. I love that. Um, so it's very atmospheric. It really does kind of call to mind that kind of like late 80s, 90s. It's set over like the week um, leading up to the new year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I don't want to spoil anything because Christian Wright has this way of like, it, he has a very like hooky kind of twisty turny type of writing um so it makes you want to like read more and even so like even like at the end of every chapter there's always like this big thing that kind of hooks you in again and you're like oh, i'll just put it down for the night and you just can't you have to read the whole thing um yeah so i really enjoyed it it's um highly recommend for crime and thriller lovers um i think christian white is like one of the best crime writers i don't think anyone's doing it like he does and if you've read his other books, this book is different from the second book and his second book is different from the first book. So I think that's something yeah, that's totally. unusual, right? that we don't yeah. always see. Um, we often see crime writers when they get successful and they write this next book, which is very similar to the, the book before. So you could come into this having read his others or not having read his others and you would be equally surprised. Exactly. Because like he, he, yeah, really he doesn't, 
he doesn't it's so completely different from the first two I was like expecting kind of more of the same but it's again like very different I think this one is more like more typical of the crime genre like there's like a missing girl and there's like the cop and there's the small town you know like investigator it's like but there is something about it that is still very like unique um and it's a very hooky interesting you you really you really feel like you're like you understand that suburbia because that that's a bit right the wild place is actually like a bit of like overgrown um like what used to be the bush behind all of this suburbia so there's this little bit of the wildness still there and that's quite a clever little creeping in yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i feel like i should read that's this because that sounds like where i grew up where it's suburbia but there's still that kind of yeah bushland foresty yeah. element as well totally yeah, get in there it Do it. yes it, it will make you definitely always want to live not in that kind of place not for just the fact of like claustrophobic <laughs> kind of like upbringing but also for the fact of like People like seem to spend a lot of time just like hanging out in that wild place, peering into people's windows, and I, I'm not really into that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can and can it's... tell you that yeah, um, we are sticky beaks. Like we just, <laughs> yeah. just like to hang out and like if there's any see drama, like yeah. to see what everyone else is you know doing, what's going on. <laughs> That's funny. I was reading, I, I was looking at a synopsis of a book the other day, which has completely slipped my mind and that's annoying me, but it was also like a crime novel set in the 80s about satanic panic. And um, oh. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to get it, but it wasn't this one. It was, it was an American one. And yeah, well, anyway, that's a pointless diversion for me. No, that's okay. Because there's also uh, Ruth McIver, I Shot the Devil, which is also, um, has a bit of the, that same vibe about it and set in, I think the early, uh, late, early 90s, I think as well. So it's clearly a thing that's have, like you said, having a having a there moment of exploration. It's, it's a trend. Mm. It's a trend. Rural, it's like, rural it's detectives like are out. It's like fashion. <laughs> satanic panic is in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> satanic panic is in people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, thank you for that, Anna. Um, we'll move yeah. over to Sam now. Uh, what have you been reading? Um, so one of the books that I've read recently, I feel like a lot of people have read this, and I'd heard about it for a while. Uh, but then the, um, it was uh, the book for our book club, monthly book club collection. Uh, and it's The Song of Achilles by Madeline, Madeline Miller. Um, so, yeah, I was really surprised by this book. I sort of, yeah, knew it was about cool. It's, it's the movie Troy, but from the perspective of Patroclus. Have we, have we actually agreed on the pronunciation of this as well? Because there was a couple of different pronunciations going on. Yeah, it's either like Patroclus or Patroclus, but Brad Pitt says Patroclus in the movie, so I think you should follow Brad Pitt's lead. Oh, I was going to say do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what American I like Patroclus because Patroclus sounds weird. Does. Um, but look, you know, each to their own. Um, and, yeah, I just I found it was just incredibly beautifully written. I was really surprised how, like the, how it started with um, the two boys at quite a young age. And I was really fascinated by kind of the background of Patroclus that you don't really get to see and how sort of traumatic it kind of is. Um, and, but I also found that while it was so beautifully written, it wasn't a difficult read. I was reading like a quarter of the book at a time because um, I was just going through it. And uh, for me, that's because I usually take a long time to read books. That's, that's a pretty um, solid sort of... Uh, clue to me that it's a really good book if I can if I can do that um and yeah I loved uh, I love the way she 
she um, added in Greek culture and history and sort of those characters that from from the story that you're, you're all aware of and kind of gave them, um, yeah, a sense, a real sense of who they are as characters like Agamemnon and Ajax and Odysseus. Um, she didn't, without sort of going into too much of it, you, got, you were able to get a really quick, solid sense of who they are. And, um, yeah, I just I thought it was amazing. I love the way also that every now and then you heard a Greek word um, because in, in Greek, you know, sometimes there, there's one word, right? Um, for example, love or, or pride, but there's many ways in, in the Greek language to say that. And then she would actually say, oh, um, I said the word, you know, I, I said hubris um, so that you got the sense of what, okay, what kind of feeling was that? Uh, and I thought that was really cool, just a little bit of a touch of that so you could actually see that while we're reading this book in English and they're talking in English, the characters are all speaking, you know, Greek and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Um, and I actually found out as well, I wasn't aware, she's the author of Circe, another novel that's also set in this kind of retelling of, of Greek fantasy, um, Greek, Greek myth. Um, so I definitely want to read that. And that's what I said. I think, I, think that, I really liked about it. I think the biggest question that, that I have about Song of Achilles is, is yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a book that, that is so famous now and has been kind of yes, popular story. for like the better part of a decade. Um, why, ha yeah. why, is there no, why is there no movie? Well, Troy, maybe there will be. It was based <laughs> on a movie, right? Well, no, it's based on... Like based on a, did you say it was based on a movie which is based on the actual story of Troy? <laughs> no, okay. it's based on the myth. It's based on the myth. Right. I swear you um, said and, and then you talked about Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's because like that was my first, I guess, pop cultural um, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, vision of, of this story was through that movie. Um, and and that's how I sort of know the overall story. But what she did, um, what I read was that she actually went back to the original, some of the earlier versions of the myth. Um, and that's, you know, for example, in the earlier versions, the heel you know, the story is he was dipped into the river by his heel and that's why he was protected everywhere else. Well, that's, that only occurs apparently in the later versions of that story. So it's not included in this one. That's um, not a huge spoiler. He still dies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, the, statute the, that of, <laughs> the statute of limitations on spoilers for the story of Troy is well <laughs> It's worth all the hype. I, you know what? Uh, yes, I would say it is worth all the hype. It uh, it was it was just a really lovely, lovely read, and I appreciated how because it is so much from their perspective in that in that story in that world. You know, myth and gods and you know mythological creatures are just a part of every everyday life. You know, his mum his mum is a a, um, a a nymph, right? And she's not beautiful. She's freaking scary. Uh, in, in, in a kind of inhuman, otherworldly way. But she's there. She's hanging about um, and doing things. And there are gods and the children of gods. And there's a centaur who just rocks up. And, you know, no one's like, oh, what is a centaur doing here? They're just like, oh, yeah, that's the centaur that trains people, you know, when they're going to be heroes. Cool. Great to see you. Um, <laughs> it's just so it's just so much part of their world. Um, yeah, and I, I, really, I really love that. I really like that she didn't spend time kind of going, Ooh, were they there or not there? Was it a symbol or a metaphor? No, it's just it's a centaur, and that dude's the son of Zeus. And oh, look, it's Apollo. Um, it's 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 written in a really cool way, though. 
those kind of otherworldly elements, particularly with the gods. Um, and I, I really, I liked that element of it because it's this spirituality, you know, of, you know, sacrificing to the gods and praying to the gods for their approval or for their help. Um, and then seeing the result, you know, it's, it's written in a really, I guess, magical, but not magical way. You know, um, what's that, what's that type of fiction that, that they, that they write where it's kind of like magical, magical. but not it's magical <laughs> realism, magical realism, yeah. magical realism. It's kind of like that in, in little bits. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And I read it in an ebook, but um, there is a special anniversary edition that I am eyeing off. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, which looks just, very beautiful. Just popping in here, I have ordered the special edition. This is one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite books of all time. <laughs> so yeah, that's such did a great read, book. Hannah, when did you read? When did you read it? Did you I read, read it, it like five years ago? Yeah. I have way before books. <laughs> Yes, Sam, we're so late on the bandwagon. No, no. I, I'm, I'm so glad that it's had such, like, a big resurgence because it's such a beautiful book. It's so, like, it's so well yeah. written. and yeah, So we, can, we yeah. can thank BookTok for um, doing that with some bunch of books that never <laughs> really got their due desserts when they first came out. And now they're kind of, people are just rediscovering, which is really nice because we don't, you don't always see that, right? We're so used to in being in the book industry. What's next? What's next? What's the newest book? What's the next book coming out from the author? But it's really good that we've been able to like go back and mm. like appreciate books that are like a bit old, like yeah. a bit older. Like, it's not even that old, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. recent yeah. classics. I definitely <laughs> want to check out her other book as well. Yeah, I think you'll love that. That one, it seems to be the, have you read that one too? Cersei? I haven't, no, I haven't. It's, it's on my shelf, it's been on my shelf for like three years. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll get there eventually. <laughs> it's always hard though, if it's a book, if, if you've read one book and it's your favourite book and there's another book by an author because you always have that fear that you won't love it as much. Yeah, it makes me nervy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that one, Sam. Do you have a, another one to, mm-hmm. to bring to us today? Uh, yes. So this other one that I am reading is 138 Dates by Rebecca Campbell. I've just started it. Um, and I'm not a huge nonfiction reader, but every now and then, you know, I will read it. Um, and basically, this is a, a nonfiction story, a true story of this Sydney um, entrepreneur who um, makes a commitment to go on, you know, a date a week, you know. Um, and she was writing this when she was 34, 35. Um, so only a few years older than I am now, and uh, she was high. She was a high-powered, you know, entrepreneur, very busy with work. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I picked this one up because uh, she's writing from a very um, relatable perspective. You know, I think like we've just come out of two years of lockdown, um, and I think that there's probably a few people who are in a similar sort of twenties, thirties age group who feel like that last two years was such a like a, a weird pause on life um, and some of the things that she says about, you know, sort of the questions her parents ask, you know, are you seeing anyone lately and that sort of thing. And she's going, why don't you ask me about my new product that I, you know, that I'm launching that sort of thing. Um, so I, I find it a really interesting and relatable story. She's a really good writer. She's quite funny. Um, and the chapters are really short. So there's lots of them, but they're actually like snippets which I really appreciate because if I'm tired, a short chapter is perfect because I can get through it and then kind of, you know, chunk it out that way. So, yeah, I think the timing, and it came out a little while ago, but I think the timing in this sort of post-ish COVID as sort of lockdown ends and um, we start to try and go out in the world again, um, 
is really is really interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Does she explain what her criteria for these dates are? Does, is she doing one of those things where you say yes to anyone that asks or is she just on dating apps and just dating people she actually <gasps> genuinely wants to date or you're not sure yet because you only started reading it? I'm just curious. I'm not up to that, but yeah, I'm on a, I, I've gone to, they've had the introduction chapter and then we've gone back in time to like, I think, I think one of her, like her high school boyfriend and that story and how that ended. Um, and then I think we'll, we'll keep going a little bit until she gets to this. She had this, I'm in the chapter now where she's at Christmas with her family and she's the, she describes herself a bit as the third wheel. She's there with her parents and it's kind of just her and everyone else is kind of off with, you know, they've moved on and they're in different families in different lives. Um, Sam, I, so feel very, I feel very attacked. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says that, yeah, she's, uh, that's when she came to the realisation. So I think I will, probably in a chapter or so, we'll get to this point where she takes this realisation. And I'm really fascinated by this kind of idea of, you know, this, you know, successful businesswoman going like tackling this kind of idea of I want to find a life partner um in a very structured and kind of methodical way <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you know I do want to know you'll have to tell me what um you'll have to tell me <laughs> what happens at the end of these <laughs> whether she has to go on more or whether she's found the one <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for that, Sam. Um, some excellent, excellent reading there. Um, Shanu, what about you? What are you reading at the moment? Uh, what I've read, so I'm not reading it, I finished it, um, <laughs> is um, an, a, a series of four books. And if anyone has listened to me before, they will know my absolute hate of starting um, reading a book and finding out it's the first of a trilogy or the first of a long series. Um, because I don't like, I like to, I like to have had all the books um, complete before I start reading and I think I blame the Over Newton Chronicles for this because it's a book that I started reading when I was 13 and it took her so long to write each book that by the time the next book came out I would have to go back and reread the first books and her books were like 600 pages so I'd reread some of those books like many many times so that now I pretty much always just even if something looks really interesting I'm like just going to make a note of that and when all of the books are done I'm going to come back and read that. And that is what I've done with this series. It's the Mirror Quartet series um, by a French writer. And I'm just, look, my pronunciation, every time I try and pronounce something, it goes terrible. So I'm hoping you can hear this. I'm just going to play the Google pronunciation of her name. Crystal Dabou. Yeah, Crystal Dabou, right? That's, that's who has written, that's who has written, um, written these books. And they, um, it's by text publishing and they've been translated into English. Her first book won like a bunch of prizes. It won the... Um, a French prize that I'm also not going to try and pronounce. Um, and it got like, um, it just got amazing reviews. And I kind of like didn't, the, the book, the time that book came out was the one year where I wasn't really clued into what was going on. I wasn't working in books at that time. So I didn't really hear about it. And then I heard about the next couple. Um, and then I got a finished copy of the last one to take a photo for our social media. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about these books. So I thought, you know what? I feel like I just want to read them like just a weekend of just reading one series and just immersing yourself into like one world would be really awesome. So not like, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, I thought, let's just give the first one a go. You know, maybe I won't love it. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I don't have to read the all four of them if I don't. And I started reading the first one, then I finished the first one and I straight away picked up the second one and then I did have to sleep. So I did go to sleep. Then I woke up the next morning <laughs> and then picked up the third one and then finished the fourth one on Sunday night. It, I absolutely loved this series and um, 
Uh, I'm really, really glad I didn't have to wait to read them, but um, <laughs> because it was just the most incredible world building where um, it's like a great concept, um, it's great characters, um, it's not cliched, it, it is YA, but it feels very, very much YA for adults, not YA for, for teens. Uh, sometimes, it, you know, I talk about a lot, sometimes a lot of the fantasy YA is aimed at like, you know, that the characters might be 17, but they're actually acting in emotional ways, like they're more like 12 or 13 to appeal to that kind of like younger readers. Um, and this one, like, and I think it's also because maybe it's French, so they really don't hold back. This poor protagonist is getting beaten up and, um, you know, like <laughs> attacked and like all sorts of stuff the whole way through the books. But she's just such a tough kind of cookie, even though she's not actually a tough person at all from the outside. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I could talk about like what the plot is, but honestly, like talking about plots for fantasy novels never really makes them sound as good as they actually are. So I would just like to say that there is an unconventional love story. A um, there is uh, uh, powers. Um, there are gods, many gods, uh, which are um, there are betrayals and twists and turns and just like a place which just sounds amazing and then philosophical conundrums um, <laughs> and endings which I think are, I think the ending of it was the right ending and I think that not everyone would be very happy potentially with the ending but I really thought it wrapped it up extremely well and did all of the things that stay true to the all four books um, and the best part of the books as well is that each book even though there's an overarching um, story to all to, to, to the quartet each book has its own like mystery kind of within it. So um, if you are, you know, if you don't want to read all four books in one go, you can actually have a really satisfying uh, read and have like a cliffhanger to like lead you to what happens next, but also be really happy with the arc within the, each, each book itself. So um, I really felt like it felt to me like more of the old fashioned kind of YA fantasies like the Over Newton Chronicles kind of crossed a little bit with his dark materials. Now within his dark materials, you had to think about made you think about things, right? Um, it wasn't just a, a, a story about demons or witches or, you know, vampires. It was a story about, like, what does it mean to be human, to be God, what is God, all these kinds of things. So I thought it was, so this kind of has that same kind of feel to me. And, um, yeah, absolutely loved it. I think not everyone um, seems to love it, but the people that love it really, really love it. And so I feel like um, if you want a really, really interesting, um, really cool heroine, and um, something a bit unusual, then this is 100% for you. I think you had me at, what was it, unconventional romance, powers yeah. and gods. Sounds like <laughs> it's got everything except a cool centaur that comes in and nobody's, <laughs> nobody's bothered by, you know. There's no centaurs, but there are automatons. So who doesn't love an automaton, right? Love it. Love it. I'm excited. <laughs> that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It was so, so satisfying to read. I just was so happy reading it. What's the title of the first book? I'm just going to bring up my Goodreads. <laughs> the title of the first book is called A Winter's Promise. Perfect. Yes. Add it to uh, your Booktopia wish list on oh. the website, booktopia.com.au, maybe, <laughs> Hannah. Yeah, I'll do just that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I just go the blue book, the green book, the yellow book, and the pink book. That's how I'm really bad at the titles. The titles have, like, five words, and I'm never going to remember any of them. Um, also, it's really funny because they've got these, like, is floating oh my god and it takes place on different worlds as well i have to say like different like in this world like different um like everything every part of it is so different but they're all amazing so i was like visualizing it 
I don't want them to make a movie out of it because I just completely ruin it. But in my mind, I was making a video, like I was making a movie in my mind as I was reading the book. And I think that's really skillful because you can't do that with a lot of fantasy series, right? It's really hard to actually picture the world or the world you're picturing is basically just France in the, in the, in the 1500s. Um, but this one was like really, really well thought out. So um, yeah, very much enjoyed. The covers are amazing. So if you're, a, if you're a person that loves beautiful books on your shelf, then these are also perfect for that, not just for, not just for reading, but also for displaying later. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for that, Shanu. And thank you, uh, Hannah and Sam, for uh, your books and for your time today. Um, and thank you to everybody for listening. You can find links to all of the books that we discussed today in our show notes, or you can just head over to booktopia.com.au and have a search for the books we spoke about and any other book that you can think of and want. It's a really cool website. We think you should probably check it out. As always, uh, thank you for listening and never stop reading.